104.7 The Cave. KKLH, Marshfield, Springfield. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. Touchdown, Kansas City! Now, it's time for Ned Talk. I got a question right out of the box for Ned Reynolds. Do you think it's this cold in Tampa Bay right now? <laughs> I was just about to say it is a beautiful, beautiful day in Tampa, Florida. It sure as blazes in here. <laughs> We're just watching some of the uh, some of the pregame guys, and the sun is out. The sky is a beautiful blue. It's probably, I'm going to guess, probably lower mid-60s, somewhere around there. But that's absolutely perfect. And no, it is not 20 and cloudy and spitting <laughs> snow. Get that out of here. <laughs> that's Deb Reynolds. I'm Joe Weston. Joining us, John Oliver. How are you, John? I'm doing well. It's not often you get to celebrate this day two years in a row with a team so we're we're very fortunate today stormy davis with us too how are you stormy i'm doing great i i'm going to point to this ned we've been doing this show for three years and i don't think it's any coincidence coincidence that the chiefs all right thanks stormy (laughs) let's turn your mic off from here on in stormy's done for the show by the way no coincidence three years ago we started doing this show and the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl two years, AFC Championship three years. So I think the only thing I can point to that's happened over the last three years is us. Joe, there is no other reason. Yeah. No, I mean, it's perfectly obvious. Uh, even the folks in Kansas City, it's dead talk. That's what did it. Get. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Well, I'm fired up right out of the box because we're uh, watching some of the uh, talking heads and the four-letter networks and the other networks. And the trendy pick seems to be to pick Tampa Bay today. I don't see how anybody can make that pick but um we'll talk about all that let's start out with uh, our usual business that we need to take care of and that is who's hot in the nfl it's brought to you by all service air service ned well certainly both these teams are they they deserve to be in the super bowl they're two very well balanced uh, football teams in my opinion the kansas city chiefs said it before the kansas city chiefs are the best team in the national football league player for player The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are certainly no slouch, and they do belong there. I'm going to get to this. I know we're going to make our prediction here in a a few minutes, but they remind me so much, and you guys are too young to remember them, but the 1972 Washington Redskins under George Allen, they were the quote-unquote over-the-hill gang. (laughs) They had been put together as a team by Vince Lombardi, and Lombardi had suddenly developed this very virulent form of cancer, and it took him. Well, George Allen took over that team. Lombardi had fashioned the concept, let's get a bunch of old guys who've been cut loose. They all have the experience to see how it works. Well, it did work. And Washington, John Riggins was on that team. and. Pat Fisher, who had played for the St. Louis Cardinals for many years, uh, they were they had nine players in their starting lineup, age thirty or more, and some of them were thirty-five and thirty-six. Larry Brown, anyway, they got to the Super Bowl, did not win. They played the Miami Dolphins the year the Dolphins went undefeated, lost the Super Bowl game. Get this, guys, fourteen to seven. Wow! You think there was a lot of non-excitement in that game? It was all defense. <laughs> that's what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers remind me. Uh, the Arians, Bruce Arians, has put together a team down there that has a number. I think it's six or seven who are. 30 or more, and look at some of them. Brady, of course, is 43. You have Indomitian Sue in there who's in his mid-30s. You have a, well, some of the receivers are in their 30s. Yeah, that's that's not 
And that's not too young to stay up with the Kansas City Chiefs, who are very young, but it is old enough to have a lot of experience in playing in circumstances like this. And I think you saw that with this team coming together at the end of the year. Remember now, Brady was new, didn't have any, any exhibition games to work with to come together. And when did they come together? After midseason. And they put together a seven-game winning streak, go into the playoffs, win three straight road games. They are a formidable team, but no, I don't think they're going to win. John, what's your take on today's game? I really, when I look at it top to bottom, I just see defense being a problem for the Bucks. I don't think they're going to be able to keep up with the Chiefs' offensive pace. So in my opinion, I think... You know, the Chiefs' defense can be Jekyll and Hyde from week to week, so I really look at it as this is either going to be a shootout or the Chiefs may get up early and just kind of put it out of reach. So I think I think that's going to be the way this goes today. Chiefs have been very Dr. Jekyll, though, for the last few weeks. Yes, defensively. they have. They played very, very good. It's just almost like it was last season yes. man, where we, uh, you know, the knock was on the Chiefs defensively, but they seemed to bought into buy into Spagnola's scheme about midway through last season it seems like he had to resell it again this season well he has some veterans back there and he does have uh, matthew and and honey badger is the leader of that team and he's Mm -hmm. a a very determined player that lsu concept has come in and and he has led the defensive backs and they have played very well furthermore they have a very formidable with clark and chris jones a very (laughs) formidable uh front four I question their linebackers just yeah. a little bit. But but the fact of the matter remains that uh, the Kansas City defense is very good. I'm going to debate with my friend, Mr. Roberts, here. Uh, I, Mr. Oliver, I beg your pardon, oh, Mr. Okay. Oliver here. <laughs> and uh, we'll get into that a little bit later on the show about how this is going to go. But be that as it may, I think, uh, I think the Chiefs will win. Stormy, your thoughts on the game today? Uh, well, I think the guy coming in hot on this one is Travis Kelsey. Uh, he's just been on fire the whole season. He keeps setting a different record every time you turn your head around. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's coming to this game with just a ton of momentum with him and himself. And also you have, like I said before, is you got the Honey Badger and you've got Le'Veon Bell who are a little bit older players, but they have started to redevelop themselves, kind of reborn themselves. And I don't think that would have happened under anybody but Aaron, Andy Reid. I think he has motivated them to change and develop with the, with the changes in their lives. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the one distraction that leads into this game, and that that's Andy Reid's son. Yes, we'll never know, and uh, there is just no way to quantify that when you're talking about a circumstance. Yes, it has to be a, a distraction. There is no question about that. But how significant it is, because these guys are focused on the game itself. And yes, you've had a disruption in the family, but the fact of the matter remains that you are going out on that field to play a game. And what happens in that game, I think, is the whole directional viewpoint here in, in where you go. Yes, it'll have an effect, but how significant effect, I think, is an intangible. CBS has dragged the bottom of the barrel to dig up Jim Rome to be on tonight's, today's broadcast <laughs> yes. for the game. That's, that's a big help. I, uh, <laughs> uh, thinking about this story with Andy Reid's son, um, his his sons, of course, we know there's been a lot of difficulty there in his family with his sons. He's yes. lost a son. Um, Britt Reed has had his own set of difficulties. And, uh, you know, the circumstances of this accident are not fully known. Britt Reed came right for came forward right away and said, yes, I'd had two or three drinks. He and, did. And uh, has owned up to his part of it. But that for the whole week 
or for the whole two weeks that we lead up to the Super Bowl, it's been very quiet on both sides. It's been pretty much business as usual, and that was the only story that really led into this. Have you seen a Super Bowl that was more quiet than this one going into it, John? I really haven't. You know, usually at some point, and, you know, just with the personalities you have in the NFL, you know, bulletin board material finds its way into these games. And I'll be honest, I haven't heard anything from Aaron. I haven't heard anything from Antonio Brown, of all people. And these guys have been, you know, readily available to the press. So it's surprising to me that no one's really said anything. You have, you know, the the incident with uh, with Brett Reed, as you mentioned. And then really the only other lead-up news that I've heard about, Joe, is Tyreek Hill making plans to try out for the Olympic sprinting team. <laughs> You know, that's his goal is to shed some weight in the offseason and give that a go in Tokyo. So, I mean, it's it's deadly quiet on that front. I think, guys, part of the reason for that is because the interviews were done remotely uh, on Zoom and that sort of thing. So the reporters didn't really have the the option of visiting with these uh, whomever uh, personally and face to face. And that makes a big difference when you're doing an interview that's. A thousand miles away, even though you are able to look at a guy, you get you lose that that personal touch. So I think that's probably the key reason why. Yeah. Well, we're about oh forty minutes away from the start of our pregame broadcast with the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. We'll have the Westwood One broadcast of the Super Bowl right here on one hundred four point seven, The Cave. We're back to Ned Talk. I'm 104.7 The Cave. I'm Joe Weston, joined by Ned Brinnells, John Oliver, Stormy Davis. And it's time for Ned to tell us about what's brewing in the college football leagues. It's brought to you by Arctic Food Equipment. Well, now it's interesting that you would bring that up because under normal circumstances, we would be talking about the combine that will be going on in Indianapolis and that will still be going on. But we can also talk about legitimate competition because today is February 7th, and it would be 10, 11, 13 days from now. Mm-hmm. The uh, season will be opening here in town with for Division I AA, or FCS, as they call it. And Division II football teams are the only divisions in the country that are playing spring football. And not all of them are. The Missouri Valley Conference has had to undergo a bit of a scheduling change because Indiana State University opted out. They decided not to play in the spring. Well, they're the only ones, and it created difficulties with scheduling. So where the Bears were originally, as Missouri State, originally scheduled to play on the road at University of North Dakota in Grand Forks, their first, first game, their opener, will be February 20th in town at the Plaster Sports Complex, and they will play Illinois State. Probably a pretty good game. I like what Coach Bobby Petrino has done with the recruiting. Now, again, we haven't seen these guys play. But on paper, this is a pretty formidable ball club that he's going to have. They're going to win some games. Now, that's not to say they'll win a championship, but they are going to win some. And I think especially noteworthy is the fact that the eight-time national champs, eight-time and defending national champs, come in here to play. That's North Dakota State from Fargo, comes in here on March, and I think it's the 6th, if I'm not, I don't have the calendar in front of me. I know it's a Saturday, and it's a Saturday afternoon. I think it's March 6th. That is the third game of the season. 
And that will be a North Dakota State team that will not have their All-America quarterback, Trey Lance, because he has declared for the NFL. That's how good this guy was. What have they done? Do they have another one? You know, they <laughs> at North Dakota State, you had Wentz and you had um, East, uh, Easton Stick, who's now with the uh, San Diego uh-oh. Uh-oh. $10, Ned Reynolds, and yep. uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, <laughs> he, he is their backup. And uh, now they bring in this kid, Trey Lance, who is really sensational. W- where are they getting these guys? Well, right. And do they, do they have a fourth one waiting in the wings? Anyway, we'll get a chance to see them. And, it, folks, if you haven't seen them play, North Dakota State, eight-time national champs, eight times defending national champs, they are not flashy. They're not a team with a lot of glitz and glamour and long passes. They just beat the hell out of you. They are really good, really good. They're just some Dakota farm boys, aren't well, they? And when you see them come out, and I'm not exaggerating, when you see them come out of the locker room, you think, God, we're playing the Green Bay Packers today. That's, oh, wow. that's their color scheme, and that's how they dress. And they're big. Like yeah, they're and a big football team. Big. Watch that championship game last year, and you're exactly right. They didn't do anything flashy. They just beat the other team down. Mm-hmm. And just took them throughout the game. That's what they do. National Signing Day has uh, started and passed. Any, uh, any? Well, yeah, it, it's, well, it has started. The it day. Hasn't, hasn't passed. The day. I'm sorry about it that. It goes until August the 1st. But most of the big signees come in on uh, last Wednesday is when that was. That's National Letter of Intent Day. And I thought the Bears did pretty well. Mm-hmm. Missouri State uh, picked up four new players, one of whom is a JUCO quarterback uh, who is projected to be very much in the serviceable category. In other words, we may see a lot of him in action. Uh, But Missouri, University of Missouri, picked up 17 players. And (laughs) this is the one that that boggles my mind. The pundits across the country give all of the major universities a grade, a letter Mm -hmm. grade as to how they did. Who do you suppose got the A plus? Uh, I'm going to say Alabama. Alabama. What else is new? Alabama, LSU, Ohio State, I think Michigan was in that group of top five, too. But it's the usual team. Clemson. And Clemson's another Clemson. one. All, all in there. Who wasn't there was in the top ten, but none of the top five was Notre Dame. We didn't get a chance to talk about this. During the course of the season, we mentioned frequently, is this the moment when John Harbaugh loses his job? But he didn't lose his job. He's still there. <laughs> I don't know how in the world that I, happened I don't, either. I don't <laughs> either. <Baffled laughs> by that. I mean, any ideas on why he still has a job? Uh, very good point that you make. The only, only thought that comes to mind is that they gave him a break because of COVID. But it wasn't a one-year break. He signed a five-year <laughs> extension. And here's a guy who's under fire, never has beaten Ohio State, and that's, that's the hallmark. You can go 0-11, oh, but if you beat Ohio State, you're having a parade for you. That's right. And uh, I'm, I'm amazed that he is still there, and he is going to be there for apparently as long as he wants to be. Hmm. Interesting. Well, as always in college football, the rich get richer, <laughs> as, as they – as they say, moving forward, let's turn our attention back to today's game with the Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're going to do our picks at the very end of the show, but uh, there's been a lot of talking earlier, Ned, that you do another radio program on another station, and some of the people there that you talk to pick the Buccaneers. Why? <laughs> Their excuse is a conspiracy. Now, this is a conspiracy that would involve the front offices and things like that, certainly not the players on the field. That, I don't think, enters into things. But the conspiratorial thought is that it's time 
for the Hall of Fame, the GOAT, greatest of all time, Tom Brady, to win his final game and pass the torch on to Patrick Mahomes. I find that to be utter, and the word I use on the air is balderdash. <laughs> uh, you can translate that any way you I think you it begins want. with a B. Yeah. <laughs> because, number one, Mahomes has already won the championship. Exactly. You're not passing him any kind of torch at all. Brady and Mahomes are fine players. But conspiratorial thought, no. I do think Tampa Bay plays Kansas City a very good football game, but mm-hmm. we'll get into the predictions later on. I don't think they'll win. Here's my conspiratorial thought on this game. is It's a chance for the NFL to shovel dirt on Tom Brady's grave and to just, <laughs> just be over. Let's be done with the Tom Brady era and let's move on because I think everybody's sick of it. I think even people within the NFL are sick of it. Oh, I don't know. Mm. Keep in mind now, he's a throwback to the old days. He's 43 years old. Mm-hmm. He has seen the New England Patriots through all their championship era. No, he has not been the uh, the prince of ethics, so to speak. At least his, his uh, <laughs> team. team has not. Uh, Belichick and the whole front office of the Patriots have had their problems. Deflategate being one of them. And mm-hmm. what was the situation a couple of years ago where the owner – was uh, oh, yeah. oh the massage parlor, yeah, massage parlor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Massage not parlor. to mention Spygate and, and Spygate. Yes. Spygate's another one that was in there. Uh, and Brady has been a part of that by association, not necessarily a physical part of it. But guys, he is a fine, fine player, yes. an experienced player, a guy who really came. Now he's a Michigan guy, but he came out of nowhere. It's a sixth yeah. round draft choice, mm-hmm. and not really highly regarded. And what has he done? taken his skills and honed them into just finite level of precision. Now, he's not the MVP this year. Aaron Rodgers is. Mm-hmm. But they are, they are similar quarterbacks in, in the way they play. They're just so focused on what they're doing. And that's why I think it is going to be a close game. But we'll, again, get into that a little bit later on. He's not cuddly, though. I mean, he's not somebody that you warm up to. In fact, <laughs> the further that he has gone on in his career – he has become less likable, I think. That's my opinion of Tom Brady. Perception. Early, early, yeah, that's my per- perception of him. Is that earlier in his career, you kind of liked the aw shucks, I'm just Tom and I'm out here throwing passes. And late in his career, it's like, I'm going to play as long as I possibly can and nobody's <laughs> going to stop me and I can do whatever I want because I'm Tom Brady. That's the impression that I get of him. Is he going to be George Blanda? Is he going to be kicking no. field goals at some point in his career? <laughs> no, and keep in mind, Blanda was a QB. That is yeah. right. Yes, but he was true. also a multi-talented player. He could kick, and he did run in his college days as an All-America So at, at Kentucky. So he, he could get the, these things done. Brady has simply been, and it's not simply, but he has been a QB all the way, not a great runner, but a really, really finite passer who has that that skill, that football IQ to enhance very much what he does. Different from Mahomes, but along that same IQ line. Well, I look at Patrick Mahomes, and you see the the skill level and also the IQ and just the drive. The Chiefs are a very focused football team. I don't see them as being a team that – get into this game and they're blinded by the lights because they were here last year mm-hmm. and they played, they are playing a team that they played earlier in the season and beat handily. And then they're, you know, they have all the experience from last year. So I just mm-hmm. look at this game and don't see how you can pick Tampa Bay in this game or because anybody can. Because of the old timers. 
Nope. And, and that is when, when you look at it, and teams who have built around experience as opposed to youth and speed and so forth, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say frequently, but do come out, especially in one game. Now, over the course of the season, it's probably not going to work, but – Oh, in one game, yes, you can pull it off. But I don't feel warm and fuzzy about any of these old-timers. They don't go, gosh, I wish Tom Brady would win one more Super Bowl because he hasn't won enough. <laughs> and Rob Gronkowski, he doesn't drive me nuts being just the what he is. And Antonio Brown, boy, it'd be great if he, were, if he had an exclamation point on his career. You know, none of that gets me excited as a football fan. John, what are your thoughts? I think in talking about this, something I've noticed is there's two very similar parallels between these teams, and that's leadership. So something I want to point out, you know, Brady has taken Antonio Brown under his wing as far as living with him. Most people couldn't have brought this guy back from the brink and had him be as successfully as he was at the end of the year. By all accounts, Rob Gronkowski has been a mentor to this receiving core. He has not been the go-to guy. He has been blocking because he's a tremendous blocking tight end. You look on the other side of the ball at the Kansas City Chiefs, you've got Lavian Bell who's come in as a mentor to Edwards Hilaire. You've got Tyron Matthew, a guy that's had problems as well, mentoring that defense. And something I saw last week which really speaks to Patrick Mahomes We all saw and we all groaned collectively when McCole Hardman fumbled the ball. I saw comments on Facebook saying, can we trade this guy for a sack of balls to someone? That's a little bit extreme. But what I noticed, the next TV shot I saw was Mahomes sitting right next to McCole, talking to him. The next series, the first pass was a dart to Hardman to get his confidence up. These teams lead by example, and that's why they're in the position they are right now. Travis Kelsey was also right there. Absolutely. And said, we're coming back to you. We're coming back to you. We have faith in you. We have absolute faith in you. So I, you're exactly right. They're a team that really, really does stick together, mm-hmm. a team of guys. And we'll talk more about our predictions in just a minute. We are about 24 minutes away from the start of the pregame. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. We're just about 19 minutes away from the pregame show right here on 104.7 The Cave, your home for the world champion Kansas City Chiefs. We turn to our friend John Oliver. He's going to give us the injury report for today's game. It's brought to you by Morrison Webster and Carlton. It is short and sweet today, as you would probably expect. I think all of these questionables are going to play, but I'll go ahead and go through them anyway. Uh, I do want to remind Chiefs fans, Eric Fisher is out. He's on injured reserve, as well as Willie Gay. Sammy Watkins is our only player that is listed as questionable with a calf injury. I... 1,000% think he will play today through that. I 1,000% think that he'll make a big catch in today's game. I agree with you there. On Tampa's side of the ball, also very, very little. Antonio Brown's nursing a knee injury. He's questionable. He will end up playing. And then Cameron Brait, their tight end, is questionable with a back injury. He's going to suit up as well. I think you don't have anything to play for tomorrow, so I think everybody's available that can walk. Very healthy. Super Bowl Sunday. It right will in? be. And uh, as close to, at this time of the year, full strength, 
I do wonder about Eric Fisher, though it, it is a torn Achilles, so he he may be out all of next year or two yeah. while this when this heals up. The fact is that that will that will hurt the Kansas City Chiefs. Now I know they have the replacements coming in there and all that sort of thing, but Fisher is the individual who guarded Mahomes' blind side. Mm-hmm. And prevented the blitzes coming from in there. I, I, I'm just a little bit concerned about that. And uh, the Schwartz, Mitchell Schwartz, will not be in there. Another, of course, he hasn't been in there since uh, late November. Right. But these are significant, uh, significant absences from that offensive line. And guys, I again, I don't think it will make a final difference, but I do think there will be some lessening of the offensive capabilities because of that. Mm-hmm. Let's go to your fantasy pick, John, and that's brought to you by Fazoli's. Absolutely. So following up on what I talked about last week, we talked about who might win the MVP and the Defensive Player of the Year. Well, we said either Derrick Henry or Aaron Rodgers. Well, Rodgers took home the MVP, and Derrick Henry was the Offensive Player of the Year. You also, on the other side of the ball, no surprise here, Aaron Donald with his third straight Defensive Player of the Year award. And the Rookies of the Year were Chase Young on the defensive side. And, of course, everybody's darling right now, Justin Herbert, the quarterback for the Chargers on the offensive side. Let's talk about the uh, big trade that happened this week, too. Matthew Stafford for Jared Goff. I'm not a fan of this trade for the Rams because they're trading a quarterback who is young, has proven himself, took the team to the Super Bowl. They didn't win, but they still... High-powered offense, look really, really good, and they traded him for, uh, well, shall we say there's some miles on those tires. Well, 12 years, a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stafford has been around for 12. This will be his 13th season in the NFL. I, don't, I must admit I'm a little bit puzzled at the nature of the trade because Goff has had some success. Mm-hmm. But it almost makes you think as though Goff has fouled his nest, so to speak, yep. with, yes. with the Rams and really annoyed somebody within the organization. And they feel like Stafford, a free agent, can lead that team with his experience because the Rams are pretty good. There's yep. no no mm-hmm. denying that fact. These guys can play, and they do need a veteran leader at quarterback. I do think they have one. They'll be an odds-on choice to win, maybe not the championship, but certainly be a contender in the uh, NFC West. Well, that started the quarterback carousel that's going on right now. Deshaun Watson, of course, wants out of his situation, Carson Wentz, once out of his situation, what do you see happening here in the next couple of weeks? In the case of Carson Wentz, the trade, a trade, is rumored to be in the offing for the yes. next couple of days. We're going to find out. have no idea what it's going to be, mm-hmm. but somebody's going to pick him up. Hate that for Philadelphia because I still like Carson Wentz. I think he can do an awful lot of things under a new uh, coaching regime, but apparently that's not going to be the case. Now, Hurts, he can play, oh, and no. he certainly yeah. adds an element to the Philadelphia Eagles' offense. But I, I, I would prefer that Wentz still be there. However, that's neither here nor there. Apparently, they are going to trade him. And Watson wants out of Texas, no matter what. Yes, he wants gone, <laughs> so he'll be he'll be off to whomever makes the highest bid. Well, the hot rumor this week was that he was going to land in Las Vegas. Yes. That would mean Derek Carr would be somewhere else at this time next year. Eric Carr is not going to sit on the bench as a backup, not as no. many years as he's been there. Mm-mm. No. Can you see a fit for either one of those guys? I mean, do you have a, a thought, a feeling? Have you heard anything? New York Jets would certainly be willing to willing to <laughs> absorb somebody. <laughs> I don't think Watson would go there, but 
But uh, in in another circumstance, yeah, Carr would. Uh, Atlanta Falcons probably need some help. Miami is reported to be, even with uh, Tagovailoa, they're, mm-hmm. are, they're reported to be looking for another QB, too. So there are some ball clubs that are in quest and in searching the free agent market or trade market for somebody. Correct me if I'm wrong, and I know you will. Um, two has had some things said about him in the uh, Miami press with some players down there that he's not, they're not buying in completely yet. Mm-hmm. This is not an all sugar and spice world <laughs> that we live in. Correct. And uh, it may happen in football, may happen in baseball, may happen in, get this, guys, politics. Can oh. you imagine that? Shudder to think, <laughs> Ned. Say it ain't so, Ned. Yeah. <laughs> Billy Idol is doing the pregame show right now on CBS. Steve oh. Stevens looks really bad, by the way, in case you're wondering. <laughs> Steve, cut that hair, buddy. Yeah. Just cut it. But Billy looks pretty good. He's now American citizen. Buddy. Billy doesn't. Uh, speaking of also not looking good, one thing that I heard <laughs> this week, Ned, in typical Jets fashion, rather than pursue one of these quarterbacks that might make a difference, they are currently linked to Kirk Cousins and engaged in talks with the Minnesota Vikings. Interesting. Uh, Cousins Cousins had a pretty good year with the Vikings. Didn't, didn't get them to the promised land, so to speak, right. but he's, you know, he's a big 10 kid, Michigan state uh, has a lot of experience playing a QB. I, yeah, I can see him. I can see him fitting into the New York scheme of things. Yes. Well, that leaves Trevor Lawrence. Where is he going? That's a good question. <laughs> a I mean, good question. And now this is, this is going to be viewed as an old curmudgeon <laughs> guys. Lawrence had a great college career at Clemson. Uh-huh. There may be some skepticism about him being a pro-level QB, especially right away, because his name has not immediately soared to the top. There are some who think that he may be the top draft choice and so forth, but there are others who are debating that. I'm not, I'm not sure he fits that bill. I think he does. I don't see how he, he's got a rocket of an arm. He's mobile. He's not a super running quarterback, but... He's not also a traditional pocket passer, but I think that goes to the arrogance of the league. I've been vocal on this show as saying the NFL is the most arrogant of all the sports leagues and that the the upper-level heads in it, they buy or sell whatever's being sold more so on TV than any of the other leagues. <laughs> I mean, you can you they can be talked into trades and moving people up and down in the draft simply because somebody on ESPN said, oh, you know, this guy's great. You really should look at him. He's better than Trevor Lawrence. And some team will take him over Trevor Lawrence, and then you'll, you know, five years down the road, you'll be like, why didn't they take Trevor Lawrence? Because that guy, whoever he is, Stephen A. Smith or whoever he is, says that this guy's better, and it's yeah, but, just but it's so just crazy. Just as a point of argument, though, in this case, that, that can happen in any circumstance. It does. Nobody's necessarily going to mature in exactly the way that you think they do, and there are some who simply do not have the – the uh, skills, they may have them in college and may fool a lot of the pundits, but then you get into the pro game and it's an altogether different circumstance. But the pundits also liked uh, LaMarcus, I can't think of his last name uh, right now. Yeah, the great big fat load. Jamarcus that the, Robinson that the, the, from the, Ra- the, yeah, Raiders the Raiders. Oh, yeah. he's going to be great when he gets to the NFL. He's a per- yeah. and Because he you picked know? up, instead of the football, he was picking up the menu. Yeah, he was, <laughs> yeah, apparently, and a lot of checks, too, on the way. We're about 10 minutes away from the start of the pregame show on the Chiefs Radio Network. <laughs> 
a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. It is a beautiful day in Tampa Bay. No weather issues in front of them for today's game. Hopefully the lights will stay on a little bit later on. So it looks really, really good for that. It's time for our picks, and we're going to start with Mr. Reynolds. Alrighty, this is the way I, I foresee this game going. Now keep in mind, this is the second time these teams have played this year. First time was 27-24. to 24. Uh, Chiefs won. That's very deceptive, that score, because it was not that close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kansas City owned that game right from the start. This Tampa Bay team has come together. They are playing much better football. They have unified themselves. They also know that they cannot stop the Kansas City Chiefs. There's no team in the NFL that can really put the kibosh defensively on that team except for one way, and that is keep that offense off the field. Mm -hmm. When Tampa Bay has the ball, I think Tom Brady is not going to rely on a lot of long downfield passes, but instead a lot of dinks and dunks. And here's the guy flying under the radar who I'm going to pick as the the silent star of the game, Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette is a horse. He's only been around for four years, has never really achieved the level of running that he can, but he's a big, powerful running back from LSU Picked up by this team at midseason. They have Ron, is it Ron I think it's Ron Jones mm-hmm. is the other guy who's Ronald very, Jones very quick. I see Tampa Bay utilizing that running game to the fullest extent and then keeping the Chiefs off balance with the little short passes, the look-ins over the middle, sideline passes, and keeping Kansas City off the field. Now, does that mean the Chiefs don't score? Not at all. But my final score in this game is Chiefs 33, Tampa Bay 31, and this may come down, guys, right to the wire where a field goal or whatever comes away and, and makes it in the final minutes as the winner. John, what's your thoughts? We have very similar opinions on the score, Mr. Reynolds. So I'm going to pick this as 31-27 Chiefs. I do think one of the things that turns the tide in this game will be a special teams play by the Chiefs. That is my prediction, be it Pringle, be it Hardman, whoever it is. I feel like I just have that inkling that something's going to take place. Stormy, your thoughts? I think it's going to be a little bit more spread out by the time we get to the end of the game. I'm going to go with like a 37, 38 to 28. Uh, but it will be a much tighter game than that score will tell. But uh, I can't see the Chiefs allowing themselves to get into the pit they were last year where they have to come back in the fourth quarter. I think they'll take control quickly. But with Brady's experience, and like Ned was saying about the older generations they've got on there with the experience, I think they will hold it a lot tighter in play on the field. But I still see the Chiefs winning strongly. The Tampa Bay team will not take any risks, number one. Bruce Arians won't allow them to do that. You might remember that last year San Francisco had the Chiefs beaten. Mm. Had them down, Mm. and in that fourth period, they did take a gamble, went for a fourth down, or went for a first down on a fourth down play and did not get it. And Kansas City able to take over and then, like the Chiefs do, and this is all part of their scheme, exploded. Uh, you do have that period during a game, doesn't make, uh, you can't predict when it's going to happen. But when they suddenly erupt and score a lot of points, that may happen and probably will today. It's how Tampa Bay withstands that that depends on whether or not they are contenders in the game down the stretch or whether or not they're far and away back of the pack somewhere and and lose. I don't want to say blowout because I don't think that's going to happen. I do think that Tampa Bay and their experience prevails in keeping the game competitive. 
I predict a blowout, 42-17 Chiefs. Wow. I really do think that there's no way Tampa Bay can keep up with them. I think their defense is shoddy. Their secondary is not very good. They do have a good front four. They do have a good rush, which could be my one concern in the game. They keep Patrick from sliding out on the sides then. But I think that Kansas City is going to do a lot of controlled rollouts like they've been doing, a lot of screen passes, a lot of things like that. And I think they're going to force Tampa Bay to go for the big play. So I pick a big win for the Chiefs. That's going to do it for us. I want to say thanks to Stormy, John, Ned, Josh Roberts, who couldn't be with us. Also, Nick Fury coming in. I want to thank Scott Meyer, Corbin Campbell, and I want to thank Mike, the intern. And on the count of three, guys, let's do it. Let's do the Go Chiefs, okay? One, two, three. Go, go Chiefs! Chiefs. Radio Network taking over next. We'll see you guys in the near future.